Welcome to Growth Marketing Camp, where we sit down with our favorite marketers to demystify growth and give you the insights to help turn your next campaign into a major success. Let's get into it. All right, welcome to another episode of Growth Marketing Camp. I'm Rex Biberston, Director of Sales and Marketing at OpenSense, and I'm joined by Preeti Padmanabhan, whose credentials we'll get to in just a second, because there are many. Preeti, a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you, Rex. Great to be here. Thank you. So you own product marketing for the Freshworks Neo platform, which powers the entire suite of Freshworks products, which everyone should be familiar with. That in and of itself takes a lot. That's a lot of work. But you also support other functions inside of Freshworks. And you're an investor and board member in this amazing mind-controlled robotics company. And you're a founding member of Chief with this incredible initiative to connect and support women in the, the rising VP level through CEO roles. And to top it all off, you have your own podcast, the 10X Growth Strategies. How on earth do you have time to sleep? <laughs> well, you know, Rex, that's a great question to start with. I, actually, I do get seven hours of sleep. It's very important for me to Good function. You. <laughs> Thank you. But my secret is meditation. Really? I meditate twice a day, all the good days, sometimes once, but at least there is one meditation. And that really keeps my energy up. And when I have my energy up, I'm able to really take on so many interesting projects. That's amazing. We've begun meditating in my family for the last year or so, and it's been wonderful, but never twice a day. I'm going to have to try that. Do you do it in the middle of the day or near the end of the day when your energy is waning a little bit? Yeah, towards like four, you know, when there's a slump. Yeah. So 7 a.m. and then 4, 5 p.m. That's great. That's an awesome tip. We're honored to have you on the show. We're going to hear a few more tips, I'm sure, from your experience. We invited you here to talk about a past growth campaign, however you define it, and dig into some of the details of how and why it worked. So as you were thinking about that, which campaign came to mind? We did a partnership launch with Slack last year. And it was one of our most successful campaigns. And I did it as soon as I joined Freshworks. So it's fresh in my mind and it's an exciting one that I got That's to awesome. be part of. So I'll be talking about that. Great. So let's talk about what was the particular goal of this campaign? Obviously, launching a partnership is something we've all heard of, but maybe none of us have done or some of us haven't done. What are you trying to do when you launch a partnership like that, especially with a brand like Slack? Absolutely. So it, it's very interesting. Sometimes when you are an up and coming a company and, and good news is Freshworks has really been established as a strong cloud company. We recently were number 10 on the cloud 100, yeah. just announced like a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, Thank you. So we are certainly turning the wheel, but we've, we've struggled or, and, you know, we've also had the usual company, you know, challenges to get there. Mm -hmm. And when Slack announced the joint partnership, we were featured among the top three partners as part of their launch that they did last April in 2020. And uh, it was part of this lightning icon that they have and an app that they could add to the lightning icon on, on the bottom of the Slack bar. So what was significant about it was that we wanted to increase the number of joint users between Slack and Freshworks products. Sure. And Slack, on the other hand, wanted to feature some of the companies that uh, were uh, you know, operating on top of their environment and being successful at it. And it was a very productive one. I'll get to the details as you go through the questions. Sure. And 
It sounds like then the audience was potentially mutual customers, but were you also trying to acquire Slack users into the Freshworks world, or was it really exclusively focused on those who already use both products just to get them to integrate them? It mostly was mutual customers. And that's what happened that mostly it was existing customer base. We had a good uptake. It's been one of our top apps. We have about 4,000 or so joint installs or more and rising. Now, however, of course, we want to increase Freshworks brand awareness. Freshworks as a company was started in India, but now it's a global company. And we wanted more North America users and Europe users to get to know about Freshworks. So certainly having Slack talk about us in their announcement and blogging about us and emailing about us to their user base certainly helped to create that uh, mind space uh, you know, with all their customers. Now, I'm sure there must have been some people who might have got interested and come to us. But I think it was more the combo of people who were already using us that got to install us more. Okay, perfect. And that makes sense for those who are listening to this episode and thinking, okay, where does this campaign fit into what I'm doing today? There are going to be those types of partnerships for a lot of us, especially on the technology end, but there are other sorts of partnerships where you would want to kind of cross promote. That's great. Now, where were the channels that you were investing time and energy and maybe some budget into to promote the campaign? Obviously, Slack had their entire side of it. I imagine you had to support that with some materials, but also on your side, you were doing some work to launch this. Yes, we had to you know, certainly inform our customer base. So we did a lot of email updates to our customers. We had originally launched an app a few years ago, which was not as involved or you know, feature-rich as mm-hmm. the one we did last year. So we did inform all the customers on the key features that were going to be exciting to them. So there were some emails, social channels. We sure. did a bunch of videos and interesting snippets and even like, you know, especially it was start of COVID. So we could get creative with those campaigns and how we were trying to say like, when you're working from home, you might want to have easy ways to collaborate and, and have ways to integrate your fresh desk with slacks and, or, you know, so we made some fun campaigns on social. We wrote a few blogs and we also have something called in-product announcements, which is becoming more and more popular nowadays, especially with SaaS software. You can just embed some announcements within the product to just pop up uh, as the customer is using the Freshdesk or Fresh service. They would see like, have you installed the Slack app? Something like that. So we did those type of announcements too. That's awesome. And what kind of data did you have prior to the launch of this about, you know, the Freshworks users who were also Slack users? Was there kind of a, a broader blanket? Hey, we assume most of you are using Slack because it's kind of ubiquitous or is it, Hey, you know, a lot of you might be on Microsoft teams or other platforms. So, or was there any data you had insights into about kind of the mutual relationships there? Yeah, we did. I mean, Freshworks um, at that time had about 30,000, 40,000 customers. Now we have about 50,000 paid customers. Mm-hmm. Out of those, about uh, less than 5% uh, were using uh, the app. And okay. so we had that data on the list of customers who, were in, who had installed it. And even if they had installed it, they were not using the app because they did not know all the features that, that were being offered. And also the additional features we added as part of the last year's joint partnership was way more significant and valuable. Right? I, you know, just to give you a little bit of a technology bend there. Like, yeah. So if you think about it, uh, Freshdesk, what we offer is a customer support software and it helps with ticketing and helping with resolving customer issues. Now, at the same time, Slack helps with internal collaboration within your teams. So a Freshdesk ticket agent 
could easily pull in through Slack collaboration conversations a product manager or a, some other team member who had to, who could quickly resolve the issue for the customer instead of doing the traditional snail mail or or you know email uh, track that that you would have to do right yeah. so that's what this whole uh, in, install or in this new feature was providing by and large so we had to educate our existing customers that we had data on that these were some interesting snippets that they could then start using Okay, that makes sense. You were really focused on those who had already pre-installed the the previous app, maybe weren't using as well as they could. Did you reach out to those who had not previously installed the other app? Was there some outreach to them as well? Absolutely. So we do product announcements in customer newsletters, and uh, we try our best not to bombard them because uh, Freshworks has like multiple products. We have our support software, we have our IT help desk, and we have our CRM. And we have the platform announcement. So we try to make sure it's all like, you know, done in a methodical way. So we don't, although, we, you know, sometimes it just happens, you end up sending too many emails or notifications. So we did want to make it streamlined. So we did send out a few announcements to the wider audience and we did a webinar. So we did something to educate, which was one of the well-attended webinars that we have done. Oh, awesome. And did you bring someone from your product team or was that somebody from the Slack team or who who presented? I like to present in, in these webinars myself. Oh. I have a tech background. So I was presenting on, and then we got our head of partnerships and we had a couple of people from Slack, their head of partnerships and someone from Europe, one of their directors. So, so we had a nice uh, four, four of us. And so that, and then we also pulled in a customer who was one of our early adopters called Springer Nature. So we had a good mix of people in that webinar. Oh, that's great. That sounds like a really strong asset as part of this promotion. Now, was there any channel that you saw that performed particularly well? Was it, oh, this email campaign was just, you know, 10x what we saw from other, you know, channels? Or was there something that was obvious there? Certainly the push from Slack gave us a good number of uh, eyeballs and that, that did well. Now, of course, because Slack users are not exactly always going to be Freshdesk users, the, the pool of, uh, you know, customers they have, uh, in terms of performance, our channels of doing our email as well as our in-product announcements tend to get us the most number of, you know, um, return on how many people install. No, it makes perfect sense. I love that idea of the in-product announcements. I wonder, you know, how we can apply that to non-SaaS products, but certainly in the SaaS world or here at OpenSense, we can certainly roll those out. That's an awesome reminder that there's a whole channel maybe we're not tapping into there. That's great. Now, you know, when you look at the results of the campaign, what made this stand out to you? I know obviously this is early in your time there. So maybe this is this is the first most obvious campaign win, but was there something about it that just, hey, this was so much better performing than the previous app you all had installed? Or was there something about this that really stood out to you? Absolutely. So I love the how customers started reaching out to us even before we launched the app. When Slack pre-announced, they did like a blog saying oh, these cool. are our top three featured partners. And then our customers started mailing us like a Springer Nature, for example, messaged us saying like, oh, I saw this announcement. Tell tell me what it is. I want to go and, uh, you know, install it and try it out. So it did help 
that our customer base got excited about the fact that Slack was uh, promoting us as much as we promoted ourselves. It certainly gave us the validation that our partner uh, thinks uh, highly of us and wants to invest their resources in promoting us. Yeah, that's really powerful. Was there something that you all did to kind of foster that relationship specifically, or was that just based on the value of the connection between the platforms? It's a combo. I think uh, there is certainly uh, you know value in that whole connection because, mm-hmm. as as I mentioned, the the technology is going to really change the way customer support is done, and the joint partnerships can help with that fast uh, resolution with both IT or customer support tickets. Sure. And so that you know, and or we have some other new features that have come out, uh, which helps with integrating AI uh, into automatic resolution of these issues, even within the IT arena. So things like that and, and bi-directional communication, like not just from the help desk to the Slack portal, but even vice versa. So if you open a ticket within Slack, it'll show up in the fresh desk or fresh service. So it's like so powerful. You could just, anybody could open a ticket straight in Slack as long as they had permission. So things like that were very interesting for our customers to explore. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. Well, looking back at, you know, how the campaign performed, it sounds like it was a wonderful launch, a lot of success to it. Was there anything that if you could start it all over again, right? If you say, okay, knowing what I know now, I'm going to start at zero. We're going to launch this partnership one more time. Is there anything you would do differently? Yeah. So I mentioned to you about the webinar, which was pretty successful. And that Mm -hmm. was a great asset, as you noted earlier. One of the things that I recently learned just this year was the power of video snippets and I have to say, I have not, I have not yet leveraged that to the full extent. I recently got an award for Silicon Valley Business Journal Women of Influence, nice. and I had posted a twenty-second video t- talking about or receiving the award and sharing my key for success uh, type of you know snippet that they had asked me to record. When I posted on LinkedIn, it got thirty thousand views. Wow. And I was amazed. I was yeah. like, I've never gotten that many views for any <laughs> post I have done. So I'm like, oh, I should start doing this for every campaign I do. Like, just take those video snippets, even from webinars, and then maybe even record some messages from Slack and as well as our team members about the excitement. Less than 20 seconds, not too long. Yeah. And post them on LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter. It seems to be that video is like, it's almost like the TikTok generation yeah. that seems to be taking off more than any other asset. Yeah, I think that's, you know, not just the result of attention span. I think it's just, it grips you. you when you think as a marketer, what can I put in under 20 seconds that's going to be powerful enough to be worth putting out there at all into the world? You really have to think hard. This isn't, hey, I have unlimited space in an email. Let me write you know, a good email. It's 20 seconds. What do I put in there in the first 10 seconds? I'm going to get them to watch the last 10 seconds. That's great. I, I love the power of micro videos. So it seems like you really tapped into that. So you're saying, hey, we would maybe break up that webinar a few more ways, share those little video snippets, the power of the platform, certainly ways that you can use that now. So I'm excited to hear that you all are using that. Has that impacted future campaigns? Have you started to add those sorts of plans? Well, this is something I just recognized recently, the last month. Sure. So I think I need to start doing that. We we have some upcoming launches soon. We have our refresh conference uh, that Freshworks hosts. And we are hoping, and we have planned for an in-person conference too, you know, fingers crossed. And so... uh, So that uh, as part of that, those campaigns, we'll start doing the video snippets and, you know, make bigger punch for it. 
Well, that's great. I'm glad to hear you're going to be deploying those. Now, zooming out from that campaign, because I think there's a lot of lessons we can grab from there. Looking at just the, you know, the marketing world as a whole, especially digital marketing or even growth marketing, is there anything that, that you can think of that we should stop doing that we're typically doing now or maybe start doing that we aren't really doing very often? Yeah. You know, I think one of the things that we as marketers or even growth marketers need to be mindful of is the fatigue customers have with mm. how much they've been bombarded. They've been bombarded in social, email channels, and let alone Zoom fatigue that all of us are going through, right? Yeah. And so instead of bombarding everybody with all the messages, why don't we have targeted messaging? I know it's already been practiced, but one of the things that we are doing in our product suite that is helping that is our fresh sales suite has a unified record that helps you know if a customer has been reached out to in the last sure week or last two weeks so that way you don't end up sending too many notifications to them and at the same time if somebody has come into your AI page or your pricing page for a particular product then you send them an email rather than a blind blast to the entire network that you're having this particular feature or you know announcement so that is sort of personalized targeting that would help opt uh, growth marketers get more results in ROI I feel. That's great because we typically think we need to do more, right? Well, we need to reach them and they're harder to reach. So let's do more. But I think what you're saying is, well, let's do the right things at the right time, be a little more thoughtful with our approach. If we could lower the volume of overall outreach, everyone would be happier. And certainly we would have a greater benefit as marketers. I think that's great advice. And, and it totally resonates with me. Now, because we talked about a campaign that was, that was complex, it involved multiple teams. I'm curious, how is your marketing team structured there? And especially because you have international team members, I wonder, you know, how do you manage all that? What does it look like today? You know, Rex, it, uh, just to share, I have not met any one of the team members who report to me in person. Amazing. Because I started just before COVID hit uh -huh. and all plans of going to India were, you know, <laughs> out the door. Yeah. And uh, so, but we have really achieved a lot. I'm so proud of the team and what they have done uh, in the last year and a half. Uh, I mean, when I started, I only had like three product marketers. Now we have grown the team. We've built the team and I have three sections of the team. One is the enterprise shared services team that has about six members and then the ecosystem has about three and I have a partnership that's just getting started the team with a one person we have about four to five headcount that we're looking to hire pretty soon in the next month to three months uh, so, but it's all in India so yeah <laughs> so it's a tough one to hire uh, being remote but uh, we managed to grow the team and so I think that's right now about 10 people and growing to about 14 15 people soon. That's amazing. And do you have time zone overlap or, you know, does one of your group have to work earlier or later? Do you work earlier or later? How do you all make that work? Cause there, we've talked to a few international companies where they have, you know, these groups across borders. How's that work for your team? So we certainly have to set boundaries and we have to set expectations and share and communicate what are some needs. Like mm -hmm. for example, like I said, I need seven hours of sleep. So I block my calendar out from like 9.30 p.m. to like 7.30 a.m. because yeah. I know that's my time to rest. 
And of course, there are some times when I might have to take a meeting at 9.30 or 10, because that's the only time across the whole multi-BU meeting. But sure. that's a rare occasion, right? But rest of the time, it's it's blocked off. And I, I do attend calls from 7.30 to 10 in the morning and 7.30 to 9.30 in the evening. And I try to take a break during the day for my walk and meditation and exercise and other sort of uh, helping me relax. Uh, sure. it's, it's a shift. You know, I know we are used to the morning 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. schedule and then you take off in the evening. So I had to change the way I work to this model. And same way, my India team, they typically prefer, at least my team prefers evening calls for their time. So my it's my morning, their mm-hmm. evening. But they've been very kind. They've adjusted because sometimes we are driving towards a launch and we'll have to meet even morning or evening. So we've had to make some adjustments and make sure we work around, you know, what we have to achieve. It sounds like flexibility there is key for both you and your team. Absolutely. Okay, let's let's enter a dream state here. Your boss comes to you and says, you have, you have three options. I'm going to give you double the staff, double the budget, or just twice as much time in the day. Okay, what would you choose and what would you do with it? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's an interesting question. I would choose... Oh my God, that's a tough one. Can I have like, like, can I have like two? But anyway, tell me me your priority order then. Which would you pick first? So I would pick double the budget Mm -hmm. because I feel that with the the right budget, we'd be able to uh, better plan for the global expansion that we have to Mm. achieve. Sure. And the second would be double the time. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, we all have a lot to achieve and, and having more time helps. And then the team, I think I really believe in hiring people who are you know, motivated and who have the right mindset. That's one of my favorite books, a mindset book. But I really hire for people who are inspired, motivated, want to contribute. And so you don't actually need double the size of the team in my mind. I think if you have the right people on the team and you give them the right support and coverage uh, and the time, then they're able to produce a lot of wonderful results. Oh, I love that. I think that's that's a fair order. Uh, and I've had very few who are very comfortable saying one of those is a clear front runner, but no, that, that makes plenty of sense. Now, Preeti, you've been wonderful to have on the show. We really appreciate you joining and sharing your success in this campaign that, you know, I think we're all going to learn something from. There's many, many takeaways here. If someone wants to learn more about you, they want to maybe follow you online. Where do you spend time online? LinkedIn would be good, good way to connect. And of course, uh, I invite everybody to check out the 10X Growth Strategies podcast. Uh, uh, We publish uh, every other week, uh, twice a month. And we are doing all these uh, episodes on books, that are um, about leadership, technology, and we do like 20, 25 minute recordings of uh, leaders come in and talk about their favorite book, or even authors come and talk about their book. So that's a great place to find me on the podcast. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, definitely. We'll have to listen into that. And then if we want to find out more about your company, where do we go online? Oh, the website is good. Freshworks.com is a great place. Follow us on Twitter. We do post a lot on Twitter. Interesting. Okay. I'm always so torn on Twitter. It's such a tough place for, you know, for me to make that work, but maybe I'm just, I've got the wrong mentality about it. What do you guys love about Twitter? Well, the reach is certainly good. 
and uh, Freshworks being like, you know, I think uh, there's a lot of followers uh, for Freshworks from India, being that it was started in India. Mm. And so we do get a lot of support and and responses to any post that we do on Twitter from other folks in India. And we are starting to do the same in across the world, right? Trying to create that same level of engagement. In fact, one of our podcasters who's uh, doing a podcast for Freshworks, they have uh, gotten a huge number of downloads very quickly, right? They have, uh, because of the fan base and outreach through Twitter and other social channels. That's amazing. All right. I'm going to have to take a second look at that Twitter thing then. Very good. Preeti, thank you so much for joining us on the show. We appreciate having you. Great to be here. Thank you, Rex, for having me. Thanks for listening to Growth Marketing Camp. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you would give it a quick five-star rating or share it with a friend or colleague looking to get a little more inspiration for their next campaign. If you want to learn more about the company behind the show, head to opensense.com. That's O-P-E-N-S-E-N-S-E dot com. We'll catch you on the next episode.